2: you
1: Jerry McGee, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life Obstacles. Thank you so much for listening in. I pray God will bless you as you listen to the word today. We'll use lots of scripture as we always do because our words don't change anybody, but it's the word of God that's forever settled in heaven. God watches over his word to perform it. The scripture says the leaf withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall, come, shall um, continue to forever. And so we can bless God for that. And you know, as I read scriptures to you today, if you will repent as I read them, you'll get a greater deliverance. And repent means to turn from. And so we'll be talking about how you can overcome. And the message tonight is entitled, Anger, the Root of Bitterness. And so, um, but we hope you'll listen in. And uh, we hope you'll listen in the first and the third. Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Sometimes we get through earlier if nobody calls in, but we allow time for people to call. If you want prayer at the end, if you'll call in to 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. And so we'll start now. And so, Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for that powerful name of Jesus, that name that's above every name. Thank you, Lord, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, I ask you to cover every person who's listening to this message, whether it's tonight or it's six months later or three years down the road. We pray, God, that you will anoint the message. We pray that lives will be touched and changed. Lord, I pray that I'll be a tree of life tonight, that rivers of living water will come forth From my innermost being. And Lord, I just ask you to just put a hedge of protection, a wall of fire, your warring angels around us and our families and all those that are listening in, uh, around Dorothy and her family. And Lord, we pray that every person who's listening will receive healing and deliverance and hope and encouragement that we can change. And so, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. And we just give you glory and honor. And we bind Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places. And on this earth, we forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. In Jesus' name, we just, in Jesus' name, break your power. We bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, every curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over us in the name of Jesus. And we just cancel every word in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. I tell you, I've had such a warfare today. Every time I'm going on the radio, it seems that I'm in a war, and I ought to be praising God because it's the sign that God's fixing to do something. You know, if the devil has just faked us out, and we're not causing him any trouble, then he's not going to cause us any trouble. So, um, so Lord, I just thank you for the warfare today. I thank you that you've got it all under control. I thank you that you know the plans you have for us. They're for good and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. And I thank you for straightening this, com- this iPad out. <laughs> Praise God. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for eyes to see. Thank you, Lord, for... Uh, The the conviction of sin The truth that sets us free Well the title of this message is Anger the root of bitterness You know every time we let the sun go down on our anger We've got a problem Because Ephesians 4.26 says That we give a foothold Or we give the devil a place in our life And so if somebody hurts you And you let the sun go down on it The next day it's unforgiveness If you don't forgive them by sundown You've got till sundown to forgive them If you don't forgive them, the next day it's bitterness. And you've heard the saying that bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for somebody else to die. Actually, bitterness affects us physically. There's many maladies that come in through through, uh, bitterness, arthritis, cancer. In fact, I believe unforgiveness, areas where we need to forgive others and we need to get forgiveness, opens us up uh, to sickness and disease and arthritis and pain in our bodies. The scripture tells us to remove vexation from our heart and we can put pain out of our body. Ecclesiastes says that in 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 10. And there's another place, and I, I don't know the reference, but recently read it when I was li- heard it when I was listening to Ecclesiastes. But it says, remove grief and anger from your heart and put pain out of your body. And so if there's pain in your body, someplace there's vexation which means sorrow, it means sickness, I mean, I'm sorry, it means sorrow, it means provocation, it means anger, hurt, um, it, means, um, it means idolatry, because in my anger and my hurt, uh, I let the sun go down on it, and I turn to something else. You know, if, if somebody hurts you, and you don't go to God with it and deal with it, or somebody hurts your forefathers, you know, your pain could be coming down generationally. And so if somebody hurts your forefathers or somebody hurts you and you let the sun go down on it, you don't turn to God. You turn to a promise you make yourself, which is a false God. For example, say somebody hurts you and you might say, well, you know, I'm just not going to talk to them anymore. I'm just not going to, uh, I'm just not going to share my heart with them. I'm just going to disfellowship with them. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. You just turn to false God. So God tells us that when somebody hurts us, we have we cannot let the sun go down on it. We've got till sundown to deal with it and to forgive. And forgiveness is not emotion, it's a choice. And before this message is over, by God's grace, I trust the Holy Spirit is going to show you how to forgive and how not to be bitter and how not to let the sun go down on your anger. Hebrews twelve fourteen says, um, be Quick to hear, slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And why is that? Because the righteousness of God is uh, when we love God with all of our heart, our mind, soul, spirit, and our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus said that that fulfills the whole law. Uh, in fact, I think it's in uh, John 3. I Don't quote me on the reference. I'm just guessing. I'm thinking it's John 3. Um, a, a lawyer came, came to Jesus and said, Master, how can I have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what does the law say? And the, and the, the lawyer answered him. It says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all your soul, and all your spirit. And Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this, and you'll have eternal life. And so when we don't walk in love, um, we break God's covenant. And we um, we don't fulfill God's righteous law of love and so we break covenant and so when we're angry and we let the sun go down on it, we're not walking in love because anger breaks law of love. Uh, there's a throne of grace we can go to at the throne of grace uh, we can we have to humble ourselves to go to the throne of grace, but to go to the throne of grace we get and we go to to God when Somebody hurts us or something happens to us uh, Any areas of hurt Or things that we need to forgive We can go to the throne of grace Deal with it God's way But when we don't do it We come short of the grace of God And the scripture says we receive a root of bitterness And um, And we faint And we want to give up And we want to quit You know in Hebrews chapter 12 It says You know I think I gave you the wrong reference a while ago James anyway James one says be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of God does not achieve the righteousness of God Hebrews twelve fourteen says it says see to it no root of bitterness takes you over and by it many be defiled and so uh, before he says God says that he says pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see God the King James says. Without holiness, no one will see God. New American Standard says sanctification. No man will see God. And then he goes on to say, "Don't be like godless Esau, who sold his birthright mm-hmm. for um, for a bowl of soup." And so he calls Eli—I mean, he calls um, Esau uh, wicked for what he did. And so that's really a picture when we don't when we don't forgive. We don't die to our flesh, and that, and that was the sin of Esau. He chose his flesh because he wanted to eat the soup, and he, he, chose, he didn't choose to die to his flesh. And so for us to forgive uh, we, and to pursue peace with all men and the sanctification or holiness without which no man will see God, we have to die to our flesh to forgive. And so we have to love Jesus more than we love a demon of unforgiveness. And so it's a throne of grace. If I go to the throne of grace, I get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. If I come short of the grace of God, I receive a root of bitterness, and I faint and want to give up and quit. And so fainting spirits, basically, the reason we don't go to the throne of grace is because we've grown up with parents that have modeled for us a bad picture of God, because if we really knew how good God was, we would run to him, but... Many of us, many people who are listening to this message didn't grow up with parents that that uh, modeled a good picture of God. Like, for example, if your parents never helped you, the lie is God doesn't help me. If your parents wouldn't forgive you, the lie is that God won't forgive me, Give you. If the, if if the, your parents didn't protect you, the lie is God's not going to protect me. Uh, if your parents didn't instruct you, the lie is that God's not going to. Uh, instructs me. He's not going to tell me what to do. And so there's many lies that we believed about God because we had parents that didn't set the proper example for us. And we received a lie that God's the same way. And so many reasons why we don't go to the throne of grace, it might be just blatant rebellion. But many of you want to go to God, but you don't know how because you think he's like your dad or mom, but he's not. That's a lie. And so, when you don't go to the throne of grace with your problems, you come short of the grace of God. You faint. You want to give up and quit. If you're married, you want a divorce, and because that's a fainting spirit. And so, but when you go to the throne of grace and deal with it God's way, you get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. And the whole law is fulfilled when we walk in love. Um And so anger breaks God's law of love. Anger is idolatry. First um, Samuel fifteen twenty three says, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and all iniquity is as idolatry. And so anger is really rebellion, you know, because sin for the most part is not taught against in churches. And so everybody just thinks, well, everybody has a little anger. But you know what? Every, every, um, angry, everything that makes you angry, everything that makes you fearful, everything that depresses you or hurts you, those are just a few things, all idolatry. And you have to overcome those things if you're going to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And the scripture tells us that we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So if anger arises in your life, say, okay, Lord, how did that get there? Deal with it, forgive, repent of letting the sun go down on your anger and break that stronghold. Did you know that when you let the sun go down on your anger every time in your lifetime, when you've let the sun, and many times, I mean, you know, I'm repentant of everything I know to repent of, but there's been times I let the sun go down on my anger, and I don't even remember where it was, but God will let it crop up when there's a problem. I say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me, and I deal with it, and I forgive, and so then that part of my life is healed, and I worked out my salvation with fear and trembling. You know, God uses your problem to show you what he wants to fix next. That's encouraging. And, you know, all the things that are going on in America right now with the, with the virus. You know, there's, I've heard there's like 50,000 people died of the coronavirus, and there's 150,000 people have died of the flu. And there's been 10 million babies killed in abortion. Go figure. Something is not right. And so pray for our president, because I believe he's surrounded with a bunch of sharks that are giving him some... Misinformation. So, my prayer is uh, this morning I was praying and the Lord gave me another prayer. You know, the scripture says that you're either um, an aroma of life or you're an aroma of death. So, I just said, Lord, everybody that's given him misinformation, let them think so he will know if the, if the information is true or false. So, pray with the president for the president. Doesn't matter what you think of him, but God tells us to pray for those are in a, that are in authority. And so praise the Lord. Another thing I want to say about the virus is don't be in fear. Sickness is a curse, according to Deuteronomy 28. And so um, when I get get sick, I say, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? And I deal with it, and then I repent, and then the Lord heals me. I've got an area of my life that's not healed, but I'm still uh, seeking for answers and I'm still I'm not going to give up till I leave this world till I leave this world. And so um, but the scripture says in Deuter- in uh, Revelation chapter 16 17 18 19 20 just read it. I encourage you to read it that that God sends plagues on those that worship the beast. And any area that we um, love something more than God, we're worshiping the beast. And God set, also says in the the word that he's going to pour out plagues and pain on those who worship the beast. And, you know, we can worship another person. We can love someone else or anything more than we love Jesus. And so those are areas that God wants to correct in all of our lives. And you can be as repentant as you know how to be. And there's still stuff that's been stored down in your heart that you've long forget forgotten. It could be generational curses. And so how we can detect our idols is whatever Whatever makes you angry, I can tell you because anger is idolatry. It's, it's um, whatever makes you angry is rooted in idolatry. You know what the idol is when you see what makes you angry or what hurts you. You can see what the anger, what the idol is. If something is hurting you, what's hurting you? That's the idol. Or if something's making you fearful, whatever you fear, that whatever you fear. If you fear rejection. The idol is you can't be rejected. If you fear uh being abandoned, the idol is you can't be abandoned. If you fear losing something, you know, um, whenever you have um an idol, you fear you'll lose it. And if you, I mean, you'll fear if you have it, you'll lose it, or you'll fear you won't get it. And so that's uh, idolatry. And so... Every anger, everything that makes you angry, everything that makes you fearful, everything that depresses you, everything that hurts you has to be dealt with. When you let the sun go down on your anger, that don't just disappear and go away. That's stored down in your spiritual garden, and it'll crop up when God wants to fix it. It'll come forth because, thank God, he doesn't show us everything that's wrong with us at once. We couldn't take it. So detect your idols and lay them down. Do like Abraham did Isaac. You know, his only son, he took up the mountain and was going to put a knife to him. So put a knife to your idols and let go of your life. The Bible says that you let go of your life, you find it, you hold on to your life and you lose it. And so eight, anger opens you up to a root of bitterness. And God tells us, don't let a root of bitterness take you over. Deuteronomy 32 talks about God's children, Jezreel, and I'm just going to paraphrase. But it says Jezreel grew fat. It means... His heart got so hard that um, he couldn't hear God, and he, uh, his heart became callous. And that's something that, you know, hardness of heart runs in our family. And so for years, I wasn't even able to cry. It's easy now. But, uh, but I'm, I pray, even though it's easier for me to cry now, I know there's still a hardness of my heart. And I'm saying, God, give me a tender heart. Break away the hardness of heart. But it it says, Jezreel grew fat, they became callous, they couldn't hear God. That's what that means in the Hebrew. It says, and they worshiped demons who were not God. And then it goes on to say that God gets angry because they worship false gods. And then he says, he turns them over to jealousy. He turns them over to anger. He turns them over to terror, which means in the Hebrew, the idol is a boogie bear. You know, it scares you to death if, if somebody is going to tell you you have to get rid of your idol. You know, I think years ago, it says, it's you know, the scripture says in Proverbs, it's better to meet a mad bear than a fool in his folly. And I remember years ago that uh, my husband, years ago, he, I mean, he loved football so much that he'd have two TVs going at once. And this was in the early years when we first got married. And I remember taking this little TV and I took it, it was just one of little, we couldn't afford a big TV. It was just a little portable TV. And we, I took it up on the roof of this apartment complex and hid the, hid the television from him. And I'm just giving you an exa- example of when you meet a fool in his folly and a mad bear. Uh, it's better to meet a mad bear than a fool in his folly. But when he, when he couldn't find that TV, there was a box of Tide sitting on our bar. And he hit that box of Tide and it flew all the way across the kitchen. That's exact example. When you touch somebody's idol, where it says uh, wrath is fierce, anger is a flood, but who can stand before jealousy? It's the jealousy of lo- of lovers that incites anger. He was jealous for his idol, the the ball game, and he he was a person that would have two TVs going at once. And it, but then we could just afford one. But that's just an example of when you try to take somebody's idol away from them, or you don't think as much of their idol as they do, you get angry. Proverbs twelve sixteen says. A fool's anger is known at once, but a prudent person conceals dishonor. Proverbs 14.22 says, um, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. Proverbs fifteen one says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. But he who's quick tempered exalts folly. Proverbs fifteen eighteen says a hot tempered man spreads strife, but he who's slow to anger dispels a dispute. Proverbs sixteen twenty two says He who's slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit is better than him who captures a city. And so God wants us to rule our spirit. Do you know our spirit man is to rule our body, our mind? um, But we let our body and our mind and our stomach rule us. And so as our Holy Spirit should be the ruler. Our spirit man should be the ruler of our body. And so God tells us to rule our spirit. And that means don't allow anger or fear or hurt or worry or any of those negative emotions that are idolatry. Uh, have your have your life And you know we're all a work in progress But when these things pop up You need to deal with these things So that you can say I don't have any anger in my life I don't have any uh, fear in my life I don't have any worry in my life And you can be all confessed up And prayed up And you know what The Lord will let something else crop up To show you there's something else down there That you didn't know was there So hallelujah That's what it means To work out your salvation With fear and trembling Proverbs nineteen eleven says, "An angry man, a man, I'm sorry, an angry man's, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger." Proverbs nineteen nineteen means says, uh, "An angry man must bear the penalty," and of course, the penalty is demonization you know there's a difference between getting angry and being an angry man or an angry woman um if you if you have an anger crop up say okay i always say lord where did that come from and then i deal with it because it's something been stored down in our heart proverbs 20 verse 2 says says the terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. If you provoke him to anger, you'll not do it again. If you provoke him to anger, you forfeit your own life. What does that mean? It means that if you have to stand for righteousness to come against an angry person, you're forfeiting your life. You could be killed or you could lose your position or whatever. So it says the terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. And he who provokes him to anger... um, Or if it's his own life So you know when I stand for righteousness I have to be willing to give up my life Whatever that means And in America America That we're living in right now I'm telling you if Donald Trump was not president We'd already be in a one world government And the reason that The reason they're coming against him So strong is because he's trying to put As my daddy used to say A monkey wrench in their Mm -hmm. Plans for a one world government and so you need to pray that even when Donald Trump is not president, that God will put a president in that can't be bought off like all of these other politicians that have been bought off. And thank God for a president that's working free of charge is not in it for the money. Proverbs 22:24 says, do not associate with an angry man lest you become like him. How do you become like him? Because the only way you can get along with an angry person is to keep on jumping through their hooks. And so then you become like him through a soul tie because you've compromised. God doesn't want us to compromise. Proverbs 27 uh, verse four says, Wrath is fierce. Anger is a flood, but who can stand before jealousy? I've already quoted that one. That's the jealousy of lovers that incites anger. I my example again my husband was jealous for his idol of sports and there's nothing wrong with sports but you know it's anything we love more than jesus is idolatry proverbs 20 verse 8 says scorners set a city afire but wise men uh, turn away anger proverbs 20 30 verse uh, 33 says I said Proverbs 30 verse 33. For like the churning of the butter produces, I mean, like the churning of milk produces butter. The churning of anger produces strife. Ecclesiastes 5:17 talks about a fool, and you know we've all been fools. So if you've been a fool in any area, ask God to forgive you because it says a fool's anger is known at once. No, that's not the scripture. It says um, in Ecclesiastes 5.17, talking about a fool, it says throughout his life, he eats with great vexation, sickness, and anger. So the great vexation would be sorrow, hurt, provocation, and idolatry. So a fool eats in darkness with great vexation, sickness, and anger. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. Well, if anger is right in your bosom, could you say that maybe anger could be the root of heart problems and strokes? Um, and, you know, there's people that are angry that have suppressed angry anger. They're not people that are outwardly anger, and there's people that are outwardly explosive. But there's also a type of person that suppresses everything, and that can be the root of heart attacks and strokes. Ecclesiastes eleven ten says, So remove anger from your heart I'm sorry, remove vexation from your heart, which means grief, anger, hurt, provocation, and idolatry, because in all of that grief and hurt and sorrow, I didn't turn to God, I turned to a false God. Um Ephesians four twenty six, before it says, Don't let the sun go down on your anger, it says, Be angry and sin not. I used to that I used to think that that meant to deny that I was angry. My husband would say, Well, are you angry and I'd say no. Uh, well, are you sure you're not angry? Oh no. Is something bothering you? Oh no. You sure nothing's bothering you? No, nothing's bothering me. <laughs> have you ever have you ever done that? You just I used to think that if I said I was angry that I was in sin but um what it means is acknowledge that you're angry say yes I'm angry yes I have a right to be angry but you know I'm going to love you so much love God so much and love you that I choose to forgive you that's what it means don't let your anger turn into sin Ephesians 4:31 says let all anger bitterness uh, strife clamor be put away with, from you with all malice and be kind at one another tenderhearted forgiving each other Just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And uh, one place anger comes in. Is through the sins of the fathers. Through what happened. You know vexation can come down. Through the bloodline. Vexation. um, So anger can come in. Through the sins of the fathers. Ephesians 6. uh, Verse 4 says. Fathers provoke not your children to anger. And then it goes on to say. But bring them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. So every place a parent does not uh, bring their children up in the discipline instruction of the Lord, he provokes them to anger. Because there's a choice here. Uh, Fathers provoke not your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. So in any area, your parents did not train you up in the way that you should go. And, And we all had, no matter how good our parents were, sit in a whole bunch of areas. And wherever they missed it, we have an, um, an undealt with uh, spirit of anger. We don't even know it's there until a problem comes up. And like I said, God uses your problems to show you what he wants to fix next. And then he'll show you that. You don't have to try to rack your brain to figure everything out. You've got the Holy Spirit that will lead you into truth. And he'll tell you. But Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, but... Bring them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. So if you've got a lot of anger and hurt places in your life and a lot of button pushers in your life, you know that there is places of hurt down in your life because of how you grew up. And so all those areas have to have to be dealt with. You have to go back and forgive your father and mother for each. You know, you can generally say, I generally forgive them. But in deliverance and healing, you've got to specifically say, I forgive my father that he wasn't there. I forgive him for being a couch potato. I forgive my mother for being controlling. I forgive forgive my parents for not, my mother and father for not protecting me. I forgive my daddy for taking off and that I never knew him. All of those things are specific things. And and you can just go on and on because everybody's got different set of circumstances. And so anger is listed uh, in Galatians. And I'm going to ask Dorothy, for those of you who never? Who don't know Dorothy? Dorothy is Carruthers Blog Talk Radio. She's the sponsor of this program, and I'm so grateful that she lets me be on it and doesn't charge me anything. So I just encourage you to send gifts to her to uh, D for Dorothy. Uh, D oh Dorothy, what is your what is your email address? Um,
0: okay, D D C H. You are C H Y, the number one at hotmail.com.
1: That's right. I know that. I mean, <laughs> anyway, D Churchy, number one at hotmail.com. And she has other people on programs, and, and she just does this. This is a ministry for her, and I just appreciate her. But I'm going to ask her to, to read um, Galatians five nineteen, twenty, 20, and 21 from the New American Standard
0: Bible. Okay, now the Dorothy. deeds of the yeah. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay.
1: So you see that anger is not only uh, listed in in the deeds of the flesh, but it's also a sin that if you practice it, You'll not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't know. I don't care how many times you've joined a church or been baptized or accepted Jesus. uh, um, If you practice anger, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's just uh, the Scripture says in First Corinthians six nine that no no one that's angry or bitterness or no homosexual liar thief adulterer fornicator a scoffer uh, angry person will enter the kingdom of heaven. And so those things have to be repented of. In fact, I've discovered that repentance should be a lifestyle, uh, something that we practice daily. Uh, The the minute I sin, uh, I ask God to forgive me. And so don't let things just stack up and back up. The minute you sin, you ask God to forgive you. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And in Galatians five sixteen says if you walk in the spirit, you're not under the law. And of course, wherever there's a law, there's a there's a judge, there's an officer, and there's a prison. And so uh wherever you're um wherever you um I lost my train of thought. Let me back up here. Oh, I know. It says when you walk in the spirit, you're not under the law. And so Wherever there's a law, there's a, there's a, a judge, there's an officer, and there's a, there's a prison. And so whenever we violate the, the law of God, then the, here comes the demons because God's the judge. The, the officer is the demon, and you get thrown in prison, and it's a spiritual prison. And so if you walk in the spirit, you're not under the law. But whenever you uh, are not walking in the spirit, you come back under the law and guess what? God uses the demons to discipline you. You know, an example of that would be uh, if you drive through, say you drive through your city and if you're driving the speed limit, you're not under their law. But if you violate the speed limit, you're under the laws of that city and you can be arrested, put in jail, depending on the depth of your sin or your speeding, if you're drunk driving or if you're just speeding. And so It's the same with God's word. You're not under the law as long as you're obeying his law. Now, you don't obey to be saved. You obey because you are. It's a sign you've been born again. And I encourage you that if you've not been born again, and I'm not talking about just praying a prayer to receive Jesus, but, you know, I accepted the Lord. And when I was 18 years old, went to a Billy Graham crusade, went to and accepted the Lord, was baptized, but I wasn't saved until I was 25 years old. And so, um, that's when everything about me changed. You know, before I just kept cussing and telling dirty jokes and smoking and my life didn't change. But when I got born again, everything about me changed. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still getting delivered. I've been a Christian goodness. Um, I've just turned 81. And so I've been a Christian since I was about 25 years old. And so, uh, i'm telling you god's still changing me, and I want to be changed tomorrow i want to be I want to have more of Jesus tomorrow than I have today i'm not satisfied with what I know of God or my relationship with God, and i've been really striving to be closer to God and um I can tell you about this virus don't be afraid of the virus. keep your life right with the Lord. Um, I meant to say it earlier, but Psalms 91, read Psalms 91. It says, because you make the Lord your refuge, even the most high your habitation, no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your dwelling. You know, I have no fear because I know that sickness is a curse. And if I start to get sick, I say, okay, God, what did I do? That's the first thing I ask God. If I start to get sick, Lord, what did I do? What are you trying to teach me? And First John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so in Genesis 4, 5 through 8, you know, the story of how um, how God, um, he rejected Cain's offering and he accepted Abel's offering. And Cain got angry and then God rebuked him and he said, you know, if you let your countenance be lifted up. If it's not lifted up, sin is is crouching at your door and it desires to master you and of course you know he didn't do that he went out and killed his brother and so what god's saying you know when we're angry it shows on our face. it shows on our countenance god wants our countenance to be glorifying the lord and and so when our countenance is not lifted up we need to quickly repent and ask god what he wants us to to repent up in matthew chapter 5 verse 20 through 26 Jesus said, these are all the words of Jesus, Jesus said, uh, you've heard it said that, when you, that you shouldn't commit murder, but time you're angry with your brother, you've committed murder. Then he goes on to say, and I'm going to paraphrase, but then it goes on to say, uh, make friends quickly with your opponent while you're with him at law, lest he turn you over to the judge and the judge, the officer, and you be thrown in prison, and you will not come out of there till you pay up the last cent. So whoever you're angry at, whatever you're angry at, you're in a spiritual prison till you forgive. It says you'll stay there in that prison and till you pay up the last cent. Matthew six fourteen and fifteen, Jesus said if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Second uh, Corinthians two verse ten through eleven um, says that when you don't forgive, that Satan takes an advantage of you. Matthew 18, 21, Jesus, uh, Peter comes to Jesus and he said, Lord, Master, how should, um, how many times should I forgive? And seven, up to seven times. And Jesus said up to 70 times. Basically, that's every time somebody hurts you, you're to, send, you're to forgive. And then Jesus goes on and gives a parable of the Lord who had two servants, one owed him about um, $10 and one owed him about $10 million. And so the one who owed $10 million, uh, the Lord said, you know, he commanded that, that he be sold and it, his wife and his family be sold, everything they had, and they'd be thrown in prison. And he asked for mercy, and God gave him mercy. So then he goes outside, and he finds a, somebody that owes him about $10 or $18, and he says, pay up. And the man said, well, I don't have it. So he, he grabs him around the neck, chokes him, and throws him in prison. And then it would be like uh, Dorothy and I saw our friends do this to uh, this, saw this uh, man do this to the man who owed him $18. And we go and tell the Lord. And the Lord said to this man, he said, you wicked slave, haven't I forgiven you for all of that debt? Should you not have forgiven your brother from the heart? And, um, And then he said, turn him over to the tormentors. He says, so shall my heavenly father do to you, Peter, if you do not forgive from the heart. And that word, uh, turning you over to the tormentors, that word in the Greek means demons that inflict pain. It means the pain of disease. It means an inquisitor. So we get turned over to the tormentors when we don't forgive. And that's the demons that inflict pain. It's the pain of disease. And, you know, you could have had a forefather that wouldn't forgive anybody. And you could be bearing their pain right now. So these things pass down generationally. And so we need to examine every avenue when we've got a problem. We need to, instead of just saying, I've got a problem, we need to get to the bottom of why we have a problem. You know, I have a new grandson-in-law, and he's a preacher. And I'm telling you, he loves God with his whole heart. My granddaughter lost her husband um, in 2016. His plane, he was a jet a fighter pilot. His plane crashed in the south south seas of Japan. And so for three years, she was a widow. And I began to pray that God would send Boaz. And I'm telling you, God sent her the most godly man. But he says all the time, ask God what he's trying to show you through what you're going through. And so praise the Lord. In fact, I heard him say the other day, doubt your doubts. And that's a good thing because sometimes when we doubt, we start doubting. And God wants us Mm -hmm. to doubt the doubts because it's usually a lie from Satan. Um, Let's see And so how do I forgive And uh, God taught me how to forgive uh, Some years back when I went out to lunch with someone And we, um, we had a disagreement And she said she was sorry And I said I was sorry And the next day I was still arguing with her in my head And I said well Lord You know she said she was sorry And I said I was sorry Why can't I get over this and God said, because she's just like your mother. And I said, well, Lord, I don't know what to forgive my mother for. And the Lord said, forgive your mother for everything you don't like about her. So I started saying, I just said, Lord, I forgive my mother for being negative. I forgive her for being critical. I forgive her for this, forgive her that. And then it was just over. And so the Lord showed me that forgiving from the heart, like Jesus said in Matthew 18, was to go back to the your foundation. And so if somebody... For example, if somebody says to you, "Forgive me for what I said yesterday," and you might say, "Well, what did you say yesterday?" Well, you know, I did this or that. Oh, I didn't even think nothing of it. That's not a hard issue. <clears throat> but sometimes we we know we're supposed to forgive, and we feel condemned because we can't can't forgive, <clears throat> and so uh, we might <clears throat> say I, say the words, "I forgive." the next day we're still arguing with them in our head or next week or two weeks later or a month later or three or four months later, we really haven't forgiven them because it's a heart issue. So when that happens, you've got to go back and say, did this person do to me what my mother or daddy didn't or shouldn't have done or did do to me and deal with your mother and father. But if you can quickly forgive, it's not a heart issue. To forgive means I'm sitting on my judge's bench and uh, I'm judging Mm -hmm. These people for hurting me It means I get down off my judge's bench And I walk over to God's courtroom Where he sits on the throne And I put the people That have hurt me in there And my mother and father with them Because what's going on with these people Is really the fruit of what my mother and father Didn't do or, or did do And so I put them in God's courtroom Knowing that the law of sowing and reaping Is going to catch them I'm not putting them in there Because I want them to be punished But I'm turning them over to God. But God says, vengeance is mine. I'll repay. And what that means is whatever somebody does to you, it's going to happen to them more later in the same thing. And that's God's righteous law of sowing and reaping. So you put them in God's courtroom because the law of sowing and reaping is going to catch them. But that's not why you're putting them in there. But that's to help you know that God is taking care of the situation You put them before God's throne, you close the door, and you rest your case. That's what it means. It means to transfer one case from your courtroom to another courtroom, God's courtroom. And I want to explain button pushers. Every time you let the sun go down on your anger and you turned, instead of going to God, you turn to a false God. And those false gods sometimes are when you grow up in a bad situation, you just, you know, you just think when I get out of this house, life's going to be different. Or I'll never marry anyone like my mother or father. Or I'll never do what my mother and father did. Or I'll never treat my kids the way my mother and father treated me. Or I'm going to find somebody that loves me. Or I'm going to find somebody that will protect me. Or I'm going to find this. All of those, I'm going to do all of this stuff is really idolatry. I have to go to God and deal with it. And when you don't go to God, the throne of grace, like we explained earlier, you don't go to the throne of grace. You come short of the grace of God. You receive a root of bitterness, but also it sets in motion forces for the same things to happen to you more later and the same thing for judging your parents. And so come in because you didn't turn to God. You turned to a false God. And then when you turn from the false God back to the true and living God, that button pusher is healed. And never again. You know, button pushers where you're just going on and having a happy day and somebody says something or looks at you a certain way and and or does something to you and it's like a line of a cage, like rawr, like that. But if you're a person that's real suppressed and you stuff things, you can just feel it going up your throat, but it just kind of sticks there and don't go any further. That's a wounded spirit. And that's a button pusher. And those button pushers have to be dealt with. So every place you get your button pushed is attached to an idol. And so God says you got to get rid of these idols. You got to love Him number one. He's first place. And um, I'm gonna. Here's an admonition for you, and I'm gonna let Dorothy read that. It's from Colossians chapter three, verse eight through seventeen. Would you read those for us, Dorothy?
0: Yes. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Thank you so much. Those are good words. God
1: wants us to dwell in peace, even in the midst of the storm that's going on here in America. You know, I see this thing as such a good thing. I've seen the good fruit of it in my family's life. I'm enjoying not having to go anywhere. <laughs> it's wonderful. Of course, I still have to do the stuff I do around here, but I'm enjoying it. And and let me just tell you, it's good. Americans have left their first love. Many, many believers have. And so God's just using all of this to get us back to making him the Lord and master of our life. And I just pray that when this is over, that people won't go back to their idols. And, you know, right now our idols are on shutdown. It's kind of America dying to our flesh, isn't it? And so when, when we die to our flesh, life springs forth. Hallelujah. It says in John 12:24, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And we want to be people that produce much fruit for God because this world is temporal. And I know I'm living for eternity and we all should be living for eternity. And, you know, if you live 10 years, you've only lived 3,655 days. So let's make every minute count for Jesus. Okay. And so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to just share a little bit. And then give you a little opportunity to repent. It's really hard on the radio to, to do the deliverances like I normally do. Because if I'm speaking live someplace, I let people repent of everything. And then I do deliverance. And it's hard to do that on the radio. So just be thinking about what you need to repent of. The things that make you angry. The things that depress you. The things that hurt you. Um, the things that make you fearful. And do like Abraham. I always say, do the old Abraham-Isaac thing. Take, take all of your idols up the mountain, and this is how I pray. Lord, if they glorify you the most for this to happen, or that to happen, or that not to happen, or if so-and-so to do this or not do that, whatever would bring you the greatest glory and honor, Lord, that's what I want. And I just come tell you, Satan, you cannot hinder me in any way in Jesus' name. And that's what it means to let go of your life that you might find it. Um, Because Jesus said if you hold on to your life You lose it, you let go of your life You find it And so that's the perfect love That casts out fear It also works with anger and hurt and depression You know all of that's idolatry And we have to let all of our idols go And take them up the mountain And lay them at the foot of the cross And so I'm just going to tell you A little bit about the ministry Give you a minute to, to repent And then I'll come back and pray for you But um, I encourage you to listen in. And I thank those of you who support the ministry. Um, You can go to uh, my website, jerrymcgee.com. And that's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And um, there's a place where you can send a gift through PayPal. And I just appreciate those of you who do support the ministry and who have supported the ministry. And also, be sure and, and sign up for your for emails. Uh, we send out flyers when we're uh, going to do things. Um, and there's there's many free audios you can listen to with deliverance prayers. You can actually get deliverance just listening, and they're free to listen to. And we don't charge for the gospel. And if you if you want um, something done in your city when the things open up here in America. Uh, if you'll just uh, contact me, I'll be glad to come as the Lord leads. And um, I encourage you to email me, Jerry McGee, G E R I M C G H E E at Net. And um, anyway, I answer my emails. Uh, I throw, I, I do leave a lot of trash, but if you personally email me, I'll answer you back. And if I can help you in any way, feel free to email me. And so um, be sure and listen in again on the first and the third Tuesdays of each month at 6 o'clock Central Time. And so um, all of that being said, I thank you for listening in. And I just want to pray with you, those of you who can receive the message. I just ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, I ask you to move upon every life. I just uh, ask you to impart the conviction of sin, the fear of the Lord, a spirit of repentance. Um, And, Father, uh, pray with me, those of you who have prayed the prayer to receive Jesus, but you're still full of anger and you've really never had a heart change, uh, I just encourage you to receive Jesus as your Savior, not just your Savior, but your Lord and your Master. That means he's your new boss. That means you're willing to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. And so uh, pray with me, Lord, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I, I offer up to you, my members, as instruments of righteousness. I give you my will, Lord, that your will might prevail. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for idolatry. Forgive me for anger. Forgive me for all the times I let the sun go down on my anger. Lord, forgive me for not giving gentle answers. Forgive me for being bitter and resentful and angry and fearful. Forgive me for being afraid of my life, for my life let me say this, too, before, um, before I stop. You know, with all that's happening in America, people are fearful, and the main reason is because if you grew up and you weren't protected as a child and you had to take care of yourself and you had to protect yourself, you, you hear what's going on in America and you think, oh, dear God, I have to protect myself. No, God is your refuge. He's your strength. It says in um, Psalms 46, the Lord is your refuge. The Lord is your refuge, your strength, Um, a very present help in time of trouble. It goes on to say in Psalm 46, I'll not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains uh, crumble into the heart of the sea, that God is my refuge. So make God your refuge. And the reason, a a big reason didn't protect them. It's easier for me to believe that God's going to protect me because I grew up being protected my whole life by a daddy that protected me. And so that's not to say, ha-ha, I had a good daddy. That's just to show you that, hey, the reason you're having a problem is because maybe you didn't have a good daddy. So God is the greatest daddy that you could ever have. And just run to him and jump in his lap. And he says that he will take care of you. He is your refuge. He's your strength. So, Lord, forgive me for being a fool. Uh, Throughout my life, I've eaten a great vexation, sickness, and anger. Forgive me for not giving gentle answers. Forgive me for not being slow to anger. Lord, forgive me for not ruling my spirit. Forgive me for letting everything else rule me. Forgive me for not uh, being gentle and turning away wrath. Forgive me for anger, wrath, malice, clamor, slander. Forgive me for being hot-tempered. Lord, forgive me for not being a person that calms the dispute. Lord, forgive me for being like a mad bear, uh, like a... Fool in my folly it, You said it's better to meet a bad, mad bear than, than a fool in his folly So forgive me for my For uh, idolatry uh, God forgive me For living after my flesh Forgive me for living after idols Forgive me for not having Discretion Forgive me for not being prudent Forgive me for uh, Being an angry person Forgive me for, for associating With angry people Forgive me for fear of man that would keep me from standing for for righteousness. Uh, God, forgive me for associating with angry people. Forgive me for being an angry person. Forgive me for being jealous for my lovers, for my idols. Um, Forgive me for being a scorner. Forgive me for not turning away wrath. Forgive me for letting anger churn around in me, Lord, producing strife. Forgive me for contention and strife and rebellion. Forgive me for uh, being eager in my heart to be angry. Uh, Lord, I've let anger reside in my bosom. I ask you to forgive me for anger that could have caused heart trouble. Forgive me for vexation that can cause pain. Show me where it's at, Lord. Lord, if I'm a person that has pain in my body, show me where the vexation is. Show me where the grief and anger is. And Lord, it can come, and show me how it's come down generationally. Forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. And so, Lord, I just choose to give up my life that I might find it. I forgive my father and mother for. Provoking me to anger I forgive them for um, Giving me a poor image of you Forgive me for all the times Lord That I've come short of the grace of God And received the root of bitterness Forgive me for, for Walking in the flesh And not walking in the spirit Forgive me for not being willing to die to my flesh Forgive me for practicing The fruit of the flesh practicing anger. Forgive me for justifying my anger and thinking that uh, everybody else is making me sin. No, that's not true. Lord, I've been sinning because of my own sin and because of my idolatry. Forgive me for fear. Uh, Forgive my parents for not taking care of me and that I had to take care of myself and that I had to, to fend for myself. And now, Lord, I'm in a world that's just nothing but fearful, but Forgive me that I haven't believed that you're really going to take care of me. And, Lord, I ask you right now to move upon every life. I ask you now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to move upon every heart in Jesus' name. I ask you to set all your children free. Power of fear. I would tear down strongholds of fear and anger and bitterness and wrath and clamor and slander in bitterness i tear down strongholds of a fainting spirit i tear down strongholds of unbelief and doubt strongholds of terror and trauma strongholds of idolatry in the name of jesus i tear down strongholds of lies and lying and unbelief and doubt i tear down strongholds of hurt sadness depression discouragement despondency hopelessness i tear down strongholds of hysteria and panic and trauma in the name of jesus I tear down strongholds of abandonment. I tear down strongholds of witchcraft and sorcery and Antichrist and Jezebel and Ahab. I tear down strongholds of prayerlessness and fruitlessness. In Jesus' name, I command every demonic power to leave now. Break your hold on every life. I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I tear down strongholds of pain and torment. In Jesus' name, I tear down strongholds. I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I take captive, in Jesus' name, every thought to the obedience of Christ, in Jesus' name. And every demonic spirit has to go now, in Jesus' name. Lord, fill every person with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, in Jesus' name. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to move upon every life and set your children free in Jesus' name. I ask you to heal all the button pushers. And, Lord, I pray that you reveal, continue, even after this message, that you'll continue to reveal the idols in all of our lives. And, Lord, I pray that every time I'm in the flesh or every time they're in the flesh, that you'll tell us, Lord, and by your grace we'll let go. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if anybody needs prayer, the number that you call is um, 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press press 1. And if no one calls in, we'll be through, and we'll look forward to hearing you next time. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you even more peace. Keep your eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of your faith, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.